Howdy. Morning. <laughs> nice to see you. Maybe. <laughs> uh, we appear to have lost our minds and we're, what, 10, 15 seconds in? Yes, we are. But, you know, that's a great way to start, isn't it? Because it means we've just got a very chilled out podcast today. <laughs> well, uh, I think one thing I wanted to mention before we delve into the nitty gritty of the podcast was 22 plate cars. They're officially out in the wild. Have you seen your first one yet? I have. Actually, uh, the only place I've seen one is actually just down the road from me. Um, someone's bought a Kia Sportage, I think. I would have loved it if you'd said something like, just down the road from me where there's an industrial estate full of cars. <laughs> well, actually, <laughs> like there is. <laughs> well, actually, I've got a whole load of them. But surprisingly, well, I've just not driven past any dealerships lately. So, and I've not really paid attention to the 22 plate cars. So, yeah. Well, okay. but have you come across any? Oh, hold on, sorry, I, I didn't mow you down there. So your you, your neighbour's got a twenty-two plate car. Is that what? You're... Not a neighbour, someone down the road. I'm not okay. going to play say they're a neighbour, but they've got Susan. a twenty-two plate. Yeah, Susan. Yeah, Susan from uh, number fifty. Classic two. Susan. What did Susan buy? <laughs> uh, Kia Sportage. Ooh, Sue, you naughty person. Was it a was it a nice spec? If you can. Um, it was black. I couldn't really tell what spec it was. Um, Murdered out, Sue. <laughs> Murdered out, blacked out. Yeah, I, the only th- the first thing that actually caught my attention was the new rebranded badge for Kia. Oh yeah, um, what do you think of that? Um, I do. Uh, to be honest, I didn't like it at first, but it's kind of growing on me. It does look a bit more modern, I would guess. Uh, the Kia brand in general, or the old brand. Uh, would you call? I mean, it's not exactly an old brand. The old logo that they had—it just seemed a bit too bland. It was maybe a bit meh. But yeah, the it, new Kia just seems a bit stylish. Yeah, I agree with you. I think they need in their push to be more at market, more like say VW type yeah. brand. They definitely needed to change the logo, or it was a it was a valid a valid not valid yeah valuable thing for them to do. I'm like you, not convinced on the new logo. Because I don't think it really looks like a logo. I think it just looks like someone's written Kia. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you remember in high school when we would have done those uh, graffiti style? Oh, you yeah. know. It just reminds me of you know someone's gone on clip art and decided to change the <laughs> font to that graffiti thing and Kia. They'll have been like, guys, guys, guys. We were given this task two years ago to come up with a new logo. What are we gonna do? Don't panic. I'll fire up Windows Vista. No one will know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, yeah. that, uh, my I've seen just one twenty-two plate car actually as of at the moment, which I think is, is actually by this point I think I'd have seen a, a, a good few normally. Um, yeah. But the car I saw, I'm surprised by. I, I've not. I've, it was the first time I've actually seen this car in the flesh. It was a Tesla Model Y. Oh right. Because uh, I was on the motor, I was on the inside lane, and they yeah. they came down the outside lane. And I'm, I'm looking at it, I'm thinking, that's a Model X. But then you go, no, the proportions are wrong. It's too narrow, the wheels are too small. It was it was like someone had, like the, a Model X and a Model 3 had had a baby. And that car was... So it had the size of a Model X, but the no. features of a Model 3 that are round and soft... Mm. Kind of, but it just actually I need a different different way of describing it. It was you know how sometimes you so you know you have a normal car and then 
you can go and buy a remote control version of that car. Oh yeah, the, and, the budget version. <laughs> yeah, and sometimes the yeah real budget. The, the proportions aren't quite right. Yeah. So I looked at it thinking it was a Model X or 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 even a Model Three, and and I'm like, but the proportions aren't right. So it, I just looked at it and thought, it's, it's is that a like knockoff? Yeah, I was going to say it sounds like you're describing a knockoff version of a Model X. <laughs> yeah, but look out for one and come back to me when you've seen one. Actually, no, I'm going to be quite interested because they've they've only just landed in the UK. They've just um, landed. Yeah. So I've I've not actually seen one, and there is a Tesla dealership not too far from me. So I think I'm going to have to pop around and try and get a look at one. But yeah. I mean, judging by your reaction, obviously you're disappointed, but... It did look like base spec. It didn't have very snazzy wheels and it was in white. And Well, yeah. that's all I could really see because that was it. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like I'm going to have the same reaction as you. And I think it's going to remind me of somewhat... I guess I'm thinking of the Jaguar I-Pace where I think some of the pictures looked good. And I know some people were raving about how great they thought it looked, but... In person, I thought it was the ugliest thing. Uh, you have previously voiced your disdain of the I-Pace. I have. And Tesla. So, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. well, have a look and, and get back to me. We'll get oh, back to we'll us. Do. I don't think my opinion's going to be too different. <laughs> no, it's not, is it? So, shall we mooch on over to the more formal part of the pod? Let's get started. Welcome back to another episode of the Facts and Furious podcast series. This week is a little different as instead of running through the latest and greatest automotive news, we'll be looking at the ones that got away. These are news stories that for one reason or another didn't make the cut originally, but are still relevant to the automotive community. As always, each new segment will be uh, accompanied by our sometimes furious take from the Petrohead's perspective, and it'll be with your two favourite hosts, which is myself, Hesesh, and not-so-favourite, James. <laughs> had to say I was, it. I was just thinking, oh, that's nice. He's he's saying my favourites, and then you just <laughs> drop me like a ton of bricks. Actually. I had to. I had might to. have to pause recording for a moment though, as I remove the knife from my back. <laughs> <laughs> right, take as much time as you need, James. <laughs> oh, dear. But well, in today's podcast, we will be covering um, the Polestar O2 concept car. Scrap cars hitting record values, Manchester's take on the clean air zone, and BP acquiring a stake in the UK producer of hydrogenated vegetable oil. And also to end our show, we will have a look at our mystery car of the week, as picked by myself. And the hint to get you started is it is among the most popular Japanese sports sedans that were ever made, uh, before ending with some general motoring announcements. Will one of the announcements be the fact Hitesh says sedans, not saloons? Uh, no, because I'm going to stick to sedans. Really? <laughs> yes. Oh. I, no, it is a saloon. No, you're, you're right. But I, I'm going to... I don't know. I feel like it's just more fitting. Maybe I'll just record myself saying saloon and just input that over you saying sedan throughout the episode. <laughs> <laughs> that would be petty. Right. I'd like to think it's just... beneath... Hey. Is this because of the the not so favourite bit? Possibly, possibly, <laughs> possibly. But yeah, but yo, know, you just on like there's nothing could possibly go wrong for you, Hatesh. 
feel like I need to watch my back now. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I think we'll get started with this week's uh, stories if you're all good for it. Yeah, 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 plow on. Right, so to get us started for our first story, uh, we'll cover a concept story concept story we'll cover a concept car that we decided not to cover in previous episodes uh but the car is the polestar 02 um have you seen any pictures of this car james i have but only because of your talking about them it's it's not actually a story that i followed with any great interest originally i mean if i saw the pictures before i've I've forgotten them i think because Um, the car is so i guess it's a bit far-fetched and it's a concept that's based on another concept, <laughs> I guess. Oh, right. it's, okay. it's, it's so. What, I guess I'll explain that bit now. Uh, the car is based on an adapted aluminium architecture of the Polestar Five, and the Polestar Five is still a concept car, as it's still not entered production. But the Polestar Five itself is a car that will come out, and it'll become a competitor to the likes of your RS Tron GT and your Porsche Taycans. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And the idea of why they've taken or used an adapted aluminium architecture of that car is uh, that car is meant to have uh, supercar levels of body stiffness. And as part of that, the Polestar is, I guess, taking parts of that DNA. Um, But that really wasn't really the biggest feature. But I think there was a few other bits around where they were talking about how it was going to have longer range. And there were a few other things. But because they're all concept, we decided not to cover a lot of these different facts i guess of the story yeah it, um, is, it is it is hard with concept cars because they they we get promised the earth and what we get is a bucket of mud exactly yep but i think the one story or the one part of this particular car that really stood out to me is where they said and there's a number of videos that people might have seen online where they had uh, one of the particular, I guess, standout features was you could have an autonomous drone deployed from the car's back end uh, while the car's moving to then go out and record the car as you may be driving down some valley or going down a nice scenic route. And this drone would follow you uh, up to speeds of 56 miles per hour. Um, and there's a number of videos out there that just show renders of how this would look and how the system would operate. It seems a bit far fetched, in my opinion, but I don't know what your take is on this, James. I think it's cool. I think if you, where do I see a where do I see my application of it would be? Oh, I'm going on a road trip. I want to deploy it here, but I feel like it's probably just as much. I've just yawned. Oh, no, Natesh, <laughs> I apologize. Sorry you about that. You clearly don't like the story. <laughs> no, I, no, I, I. I do, I do. There is part of the story which, which I think we'll get to later. That that quite interests me. Uh, but in terms of in terms of the drone, I see I see the application of why it would be useful. What I'm struggling to see is would I ever be in that scenario myself with an electric roadster? So, like yeah. for example, if I'm on a road trip, would I pick a car like this to do the North Coast 500? Say, probably not. Yeah. I, I probably wouldn't if I was going to do some a more let's say low emission road trip around that I'd, I think I'd I'd get something like an i8 so I think yeah just for the flexibility of the hybrid system even then though if I was going to do the, the North Coast 500 in the next let's say not to 10 years I can't or at least not to five because the way the world works at the moment who knows what will have happened in 10 years 
I yeah. can't see myself in wanting to do it in anything other than something like a hot hatch or a, an older six-cylinder BMW. I'm talking naturally aspirated kind of six-cylinder yep. BMW. Yeah, but uh, as a as a feature by itself sounds cool. I think I think you'd be a big fan of it though because you you you're more um, into that kind of the the drone side of things. Yeah, and I am, but I, I I've in I can't really see the appeal of it for me on a car. How many scenarios would you ever come across in a car that you think actually I want to deploy the drone? It, it would be that gimmick that you maybe only use once or twice because the... I've just thought of another thing though that'd be useful for. Like if you parked somewhere and you're trying to work out where, where let's say the airport, and you just go, if you could deploy it from your phone and it could give you live feed, you could work out where your car was. <laughs> but then, but cars have usually they'll features where they'll either flash or their lights will turn on. They, you know, those sorts of things. Isn't that enough? I, I, okay, how many times have you ever been shopping and you thought, actually, I can't see my car or I can't remember where I parked my car. I'm gonna have to get my drone to uh, pop out. Not many, maybe... but I'm more thinking of if you if your car was parked there for a number of weeks. Right. Uh, actually, the other application, actually, now that you're saying it, maybe it could act as a guide for the car. Um, for example, you know how some of the Teslas have the valet feature where you could go park the car or the car would go away and park itself and then when you come out of the shop, it would drive itself over. Yeah, there, there are other brands who... They they they're not the only people to have no sorry tech. yeah they're not they're not the only ones as in but sorry yeah. I was just using that as an example yeah um maybe this could act as a secondary guide I guess of some sort giving the yeah. car a bird's eye view where I don't know how how but how useful is that because the car's got enough sensors as it is well it, or let's say you're in a traffic jam and you know you get to the point where you decide that eventually you're going to get out the car stare down the road and go hmm yes there's still a traffic jam what <laughs> if you could just deploy your drone nip on ahead find out what it was and then you can work out whether you should be cracking the turning the engine off and cracking out a book or being ready to move off in 2 seconds but then the problem you'd have would be if you had to set off in 2 seconds what at what speed can the drone dock and what well, they said dock? that the, actually, yeah. So they said that it can be deployed while the car's moving, um, and then it can keep up with the car up to speeds of fifty-six miles per hour. Now, it doesn't say anything about it being able to dock and so on. But in in my opinion, all of this is just a it's a it's a gimmick that even if you were a m- massive drone fan, you still wouldn't use this. I, yeah, for me, it's that thing that I might use once, maybe twice. But the rest of the time, that drone's going to be wasted. I could easily go out and buy, for example, a DJI drone, or either a mini a series oh, or a DJI Mavic series. drone. Oh, sorry. So DJI are a brand that make drones, and they've got various different types. So they've got like the mini series, which these the mini series drones are probably about the size of your phone. Oh. Not in terms of, uh, sorry, not in terms of thickness or anything. In terms of like the actual sort of footprint, the footprint, yeah, of your phone. So they're fairly small. Um, when you want to deploy them, you just fold out the wings and you get it going and so on. And they sometimes come with features where you know they can circle your circle you. The mini series. <laughs> Would you want that? Why I is thought it's useful. Okay, maybe if I come up to a car park and I just want to take a nice scenic, you know, um. 
recording or something where the drone just circles the car or something along that would line. Would it be dusk by any small chance in this? And would you be selling some kind of perfume? <laughs> yes, Dior. <laughs> or, or owned a new car. Yeah. But, yeah, I think th- those are the sorts of scenarios where you can use the mini series, but then you also have the Mavic series drones where you can actually, they have a feature where you can actually select an object. Oh, sorry, I'm getting carried away with that drone stuff, aren't I? You're really droning on. <laughs> oh, oh, no. <laughs> uh, I don't know that was rude of me. Sorry. No, Hattash. no, no. It's all good. But, uh, you know, there are um, there are other companies that specialize in drones that can then follow the car. And I've used it. It works pretty well, but I wouldn't need my car to be able to do that. Uh, if I if I really wanted to be able to do that sort of stuff, I can go buy another drone. Yeah, people probably said that about in-car phones, though. Don't need my car to do that. And yeah, look at but... us now. Yeah, but do you have an in-car phone? We always use Apple CarPlay or Android Auto or Bluetooth. Yeah, but that's because you bring an external phone and connect it to your car. No, I mean, like, people have gone, well, why would I make phone calls with my car? I'll, I'll do that when I'm... I'm there, I don't need... Oh, I thought... Okay, sorry. The, the way when you said that, I was thinking of... So you remember in older cars when they used to have an actual phone stuck in the car? Oh, yeah. yeah sorry, so I was, I was thinking misleading. of that. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Um, so that's what I was thinking of. So, you know, your older BMs, for example, you'd, you'd have an actual physical phone yeah. that's always stuck in there. But actually, I'm going back on what I'm thinking, actually, because if you buy a car for this drone feature, you sell the car, do you have to give the drone back? I'm assuming so because I can't read. Really, well, th- this whole drone is designed to literally dock into that car hmm. and uh, be deployed from it. So whether it, can... it's cool, but it's a gimmick, then, isn't it? Really, it is. And they they were really selling it as the standout feature of this car. But again, because it's a concept car, I don't think it's ever going to make it to production. The, and the, there is there is one one other bit that they've they've they kind of pushed about the design. Which is this about the aluminium? Yeah, and labeling it because that. So one thing that I've always wondered, and I've never really looked into, is so you go to you go to scrap your car, and it gets crushed. Yeah, and you end up with a square of metal or a cube of metal rather. Yeah, how do people? How does that possibly get recycled? Well, how do they? Like think about all the trims and clips and different types of different well different grades of steel or aluminium which goes into making a car. I was always wondering how do they then take that cube and go right? There's a pile of high quality steel. There's a pile of rusty steel. There's a pile of <laughs> aluminium. There's a pile of plastic. There's the headlining. So I I just I never really understood how it worked. And Volvo was one of the things they brought up in this is they're saying that although Aluminium for cars can be recycled. It's crushed into the cube and then shredded and separated. And hmm. so this this method doesn't actually separate out the different grades of aluminium. So as a result, the materials materials you get out the end are worse. That in brackets or not in brackets in inverted commas downcycled rather than recycled. Right. Um, so you mm. then basically you could go from having the ninety nine point cent of the height ninety nine point nine percent the highest grade of aluminium, but because you've mixed it with you don't know what, it it, it must effectively becomes the lowest grade. Um 
and right, yeah. Polestar are saying this this scalable body is made up of clearly labelled grades of aluminium, which enables like materials to be recycled together. But I still don't get how putting some labels on is gonna change, you know, Joe Blob Joe Blob attitude to recycling the car. Surely they'll have to take apart the car differently. Yeah. But that, that yeah, I think do they really imagine that for example, these scrappers, have they really got the time or the resources to take the time to dismantle each car? No, I don't think they do. Yeah. I think they should have you know how you like resonant frequencies and or even electromagnetic locks? Yeah. Something uh, something some of that something of that ilk technology that that you can go with you go to your scrapyard and they do meh to the car and it basically just falls into pieces. Not com- <laughs> I don't think completely yeah. is possible, but so that they could at least go, right, that's grade two, that's grade one, that's grade something or whatever. I know that's yeah. not how aluminium's graded, but that something like that seems sensible to me. Oh, definitely, yeah. You see, this this can go into the business ideas book. I think it's quite an. I think it's an important and interesting topic that if people are going, oh, we need to be more environmentally friendly. Well, surely we need to be cleverer with how we build our cars so they're easy to take apart, and repackage, and recycle. Yeah, and I guess yeah, yeah. Would it be easier if it if the whole car's body is actually made of a single piece of aluminium? Would that simplify the process? Yeah, it would make it if they were made yeah. of. If the, you, you know how some manufacturers now are going for more of these skateboard type designs with electric cars, where they have a, a platform and they just change the body, yeah. which is on top and shrink it or stretch it. If it was the body is always made out of this grade of aluminium, the skateboard is always made out of this grade steel or aluminium. However you want to do it, that would make sense to me. Yeah, like food packaging. What I don't get is why isn't there just one type of plastic? Actually, no, that's true. That's but but I think ranting. that's going away. <laughs> that's probably the point of the story. But no, I, I think that kind of brings us to the end of really the story where we think actually this concept is a bit far fetched. You're trying to save the. the I'm the trying show. to save the. We're trying to go back to the cars, James. We're on to plastic. <laughs> I've moved on to mayo. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think uh, going back to the cars aspect. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I think this whole concept, I no. guess, the, the main on. reason. You know what people do in cars? They go to the shops. You know what they do in shops? They buy food plastic. We're back. <laughs> <laughs> We're back. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I'm joking. It's a whole circle. Right? <laughs> um, Unlike wait. food plastic. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, James, that's awful. <laughs> I feel like it's a bit, you're a bit tired, James. <laughs> No, no. I just, I, well, maybe I am. Maybe I'm not. I don't know. Maybe right. I'm just speaking from the heart. Oh, you're so passionate about food plastic. <laughs> but no, I, th- I think that brings us to the end of that story then. <laughs> yes, but do you know what it actually leads on to fairly nicely? Yeah. was actually scrap cars. So there's a story... So, so- was this a big massive rouge to get you just talking about scrap cars? Maybe. Maybe I'm secretly a genius in my spare time. Maybe a part-time oh, maybe. genius. Yeah. No, 
We'll go with Pato. But yeah, I'll tell you that. that But basically, so it was reported uh, in a couple of news outlets in January that scrap cars had reached record highs for their value. So there there was one particular car recycler that was quoted, and the average price for a scrap car that they took in during 2021 was £240, which was 51% more than 2020 figures, which seems... A, a sizable increase to me. Yeah. Uh, and another figure which increased was the average age of the vehicles being scrapped. So it went up a year. So it went from being 15-year-old car in 2020 to a 16-year-old car in 2021. Uh, the two main factors that were cited for the increase in scrap car value were catalytic converters. Apparently their values have been going through the roof because of the materials used within in them. And then also the general increase in used cars. Right. Okay, that's quite interesting, actually, because, yeah, so prices have gone up, but then also people are not, rec- well, they're recycling older cars. Yeah, well. so I wonder whether it's people going, oh, well, I'll get another year out of that because I can't afford a new one, or they're going, we'll sell that because someone will want it rather than scrap yeah. it. I mean, we, we saw the massive increase in car values, so I guess it's, it's all sorts of a, it all sorts of links in quite well where Ooh. car values have gone up. Oh, oh, oh. On the subject of car values, while I was looking into this story, I couldn't help but wonder what yeah. scrap value you could get for certain cars. Ooh, uh, right. So bear in mind the average is 240 So I went on the website of, of a of a scrap place, basically where you put your rush number in, and it gives you a scrap price, and they, they'll give you that cash and come and take your car away for free. Yeah. So I've, I've, I've pulled three cars. Which I thought these so these are cars which I basically just found on Auto Trader. So they're, they're yeah. perfectly. I filled them in as though they're running and driving. They've got keys and they've. I think they're about average mileage for the for their age, and they've not been written off. So, do you want to have a guess how much that you'd get for them scrap? Okay, right, yeah, go on. What's the first car? So the first car is a two thousand and seven Audi RS four saloon. So we're talking four point two liter V eight. Is advertised at sixteen and a half thousand pounds. How much do you reckon that you can get for that scrap from this one place? I've, maybe you get it more if you shop around, but from this this one place. With it being a V eight, I'm assuming there's a few more valuable metals in there, and because of, I always assumed scrap car dealers only just gave you a standard price based on the average weight of a car. But with this potentially being a bit heavier, with maybe more precious metals, I'm going to say five, six hundred pounds, maybe. Well, you'd be delighted because with that one, you can get it. The, the offer was three thousand and eighty-five pounds. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. So, with that in mind, the next car I looked up was a two thousand and nine Nissan three hundred and fifty Z GT. <gasps> that Which... sounds similar, similar to what I have. <laughs> exactly. How much do you reckon? So the one I looked at was advertised at twelve thousand seven hundred and fifty pounds, just for content. Whether or not it's worth that, I, I, yeah. I don't know. But it, um, how much do you reckon that they would get selling it for scrap? Oh, it's a V six. So I'm going to guess. If you got what was it? You said three thousand. How much was six hundred? Three thousand and eighty-five pounds for the RS4 saloon. Oh, three thousand and eighty-five, not yeah. three thousand eight hundred fifty. Okay, no, three thousand eighty-five. Uh, I'm going to guess two thousand five hundred then. <gasps> what? Two thousand five hundred fifteen. Oh, nice. Okay, yeah. 
<laughs> oh, I feel like I'm on the prices right. Yeah, okay. Right, this one will test you. Right. This is the last one I did because you're only allowed to do three quotes a day. Oh. Uh, 2019 Ferrari 488 Pista. A circa 300 grand if you want to buy one on Auto Trader. Uh, how much do you reckon scrap value of one of those is? Uh, I'm sure who, if, if, you know, if there's anywhere where they store who's checking these diesels, you know, <laughs> someone's having a laugh to themselves. Like, which idiot's going to trade in there or oh, scrap their 488? <laughs> but, okay. Um, I'm going to assume. Oh, I want to say a big number, but I feel like scrap car dealers don't really care as to what the car is. So I'm going to guess. you'd sell bits on it rather than crushing it if you were going to scrap a 488. Yeah, well, that's what I'm thinking. But, but because if I even that scrap out, if it, if it was okay, assuming that they're going to take bits off, I would have said maybe 50, 60 grand, but I have a feeling it'll be much lower. I'm going to get, go 25,000. You'd be a bit disappointed, Hetesh, because they would give you £1,680. <laughs> but they'd so come I... collect it for free. So. <laughs> right, okay. So I'd get less than a 350Z. <laughs> wow. It's nuts, isn't it? But I think I, th- I think in general, the scrap car values going up is a, is quite an interesting topic because... If we go on your own, say you're on a rolling 15 year period, if that's the average age people scrap a car, soon cars that are going through are going to be of the generation of big screens, you know, a lot more uh, yeah. software, hard, that that kind of electricery that, yeah. that they're going to be going through. Is that going to change how they have to recycle or scrap cars? And that's if so, yeah. does that mean you'll get? more for your car because there should be in theory more precious materials there or will it mean you'll actually get less because of the labor required to take it all apart yeah i guess you'd assume because there's a few more miles of copper in there (laughs) um you know yeah it would be interesting to see if they would be actually actually saying that you probably should have compared to tesla uh, just to see if that was actually worth more or not Oh, yeah, that'd have been good. We put an electric car in. Yeah. Yeah, that was that's... an oversight. Oh, well. Something to <laughs> look forward to. <laughs> yeah, let's just not tell anyone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, on, on, another a story which was related to this was that Toyota and Lexus have tried to combat the theft of catalytic converters through a covert marking on parts of more vulnerable older cars that they have. So stuff, I think, I think they were more specifically talking about some older hybrids where the catalytic converters don't have as much of a load to deal with, they are ripe for the picking from from unscrupulous individuals. Um, I have right. no idea how this covert marking works because if they told us it would become less covert, but <laughs> yep, I mean it sounds cool. The idea being that if then police are trying to trace parts, they can use this marking system and find out it's actually been stolen. So it's a bit like, um, what is it? That was there was a smart water or something that you could get put on, you know, put on your bicycles, for example, or data tagging us to some extent. I guess it sounds smart a bit water. like water. Yeah, I think that's what it was called. It was, um, it was uh, this thing where you could put this sort of. Uh, it's not really resin. It's 
I don't know exactly how to describe it. You could put it on your bicycle, and if your bicycle was stolen, then the police could potentially scan or I don't oh, quite okay. know. And you could then pick up whether who this who was the owner of this particular bike. I, I just it's not smart water. It's it's like uh, we have a quick look. You've been framed. You put it on your bike frame. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. Like it was just called smart tag, sorry. But it, yeah, smart tag. Where did but water used... come from? No, no. So it's called smart tag, but it uses a sort of um, it's some sort of liquid, which is why I thought smart water. Oh, okay. Um, but it's some sort of liquid that's used for some sort of tagging of some sort. I, I will have to look into exactly how that works. But I remember seeing this a number of years ago and. I think it was because I wanted to try and get this uh, put onto my car. Sorry, not my car, my um, bicycle. Why am I calling my bicycle my car? Yeah. Um, I don't mind, boys. <laughs> yeah. I want to ride my car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but th- this method could be used on like many things, and um, it sounds like they've just taken that and it applied it to catalytic converters. Okay. Um, cool. But I don't know if it's the same thing, uh, but we don't know because they've not exactly said, have they? <laughs> No. no. Okay, I think that probably wraps up scrap cars. It'll be interesting to see what happens over 2022, whether or not prices continue to go up. I mean, they've got to go up a little bit, you'd hope, in line with inflation. But yep. Which is probably, what, pushing 50% now? Oh, yeah. It's, 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 it's getting pretty bad. I mean, yeah. yeah, you still keep hearing a number of stories where people have ordered their cars and they're still being delayed. Um, a recent colleague uh, was telling me how a car he ordered back in October, was supposed to be delivered in May, and he's only just been told that it's now being delayed till November. So I I personally thought we were coming to the end of seeing such delays, uh, but it seems like we're not quite there yet. My, in, interestingly, or not interestingly, my sister's looking for, is re- getting her, getting a replacement block for her, for her MX-5. Oh, right. And that was, I think, a month lead time. So it should have been arriving last week or this week. Wait, wait, wait. Sorry. Quick question. Yep. Why she has she gone for a new block? Yep. Why not just pick up a whole new used engine? Sorry, not a new my... used uh, why not just pick up a used engine? That was my suggestion and it was shot down in flames. Well, because of cons- the, because they want it to be original engine. I don't think anyone would ever check the engine. Not on an MX5. No, exactly. Uh, but but we will go into the details of that. But yeah, she, she basically she bought she bought a, a a low mileage car and they wanted to remain a low mileage car with the original engine. But uh, so it's their decision. It's the, and their money. Yeah. It's not. It's not what I'd have done. I'd have gone and got got a second hand engine and plopped it in. Uh, uh, yeah, but I, I uh, think I I can see why you'd. I I'm going off personal experience where I tried to do something similar thinking i want to remain with the original engine if i can and going for a full rebuild when actually by the time i finished with the whole thing um it made no difference and i would have been much better off just sticking in a used engine yeah for a lot less hassle yeah no i and, I, I, I agree yeah uh, but she the, basically the part which should have taken a month is she's been told that it is not going to arrive, I think, until the end of May. 
I think Which... it's time to seriously consider <laughs> use tension. Well, they've paid for it. Oh. If you don't so... mind me asking, how much was a block for an MX-5? I don't know the exact number, yeah, but I'm fairly confident it is multiple thousands. Okay. Um, that hurts. <laughs> but okay, yeah. let's not dwell on that too long. No, um, no, let's move on to the let's move on to another 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 should, topic. Should we move on to a cheery topic? <laughs> I feel like this is cheerful <laughs> to some extent. Maybe not, but um, it's a, a, this a, was a story that we've, I guess, we've now covered twice so far. Uh, but it's a it's a story that's, I guess, close to my heart, and because it's the city I live in, and there's been a few interesting developments. Um, now we're not going to say that this is the only city making these sorts of developments. There may be others as well, uh, but it's just one that's been closely followed by myself, and so. We've decided to go into, I guess, the details of this particular city. But this is for the clean air zone around Manchester. Um, we've already mentioned how this clean air zone was supposed to come into uh, effect from the 30th of May in Manchester. But we were expecting delays. Now, we've had updates and we know that this green air zone or clean air zone is being delayed by two years. Um, so it's now been pushed back to 2024. And... The reason for having the clean air zone initially I it was, was 2026. Oh no, it's been delayed by 22 years. I don't know where the 2026 figure came from. <laughs> ah, <laughs> mystery 2026 figures. <laughs> yeah, but the, the, it, it's been delayed by two years now. Um, actually, that figure for 2026, I believe, where that came from was uh, there's a call from central government for cities to reach or to. Um, comply with the central government's uh, requirements of uh, legal limits of air pollution in the inner city regions and cities need to hit that sort of uh, air quality level by 2026 so that's where that 2026 comes from um so um you know so when you hear about all these big cities going for clean air zones it's not just because the cities have decided on this. It's something that's come out of central government, and that's why you hear about Leeds, Birmingham, and all these other major cities bringing See, I, up. I I hear some bits being skeptical. I look at some of the cities and think, are they just doing this as a? Are they doing this in a way that is money making, rather than actually trying to enact positive change? I know, like yeah, when you so like when you find out stuff such as the tra- transport for London is actually pretty much penniless, yeah, because of its financial state. Councils aren't normally known for having oodles of money just laid about, are they? No, they. You know, is this if if you wanted to curb emissions to that area, you just yep. stop people driving through it, don't you? Yep, but is that, that really? That would be, yeah. Yeah, and and I think that there's multiple things that are quite, I guess that don't quite work um, in that because some of these clean air zones, they, in a way, they don't want you to be driving your vehicles into those regions in order to maintain the air quality. But then because of that, then you have businesses that are affected because they've not maybe got as much footfall or yeah, you wouldn't want uh, to drive through, would you? <laughs> well, sorry, as in so yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> yeah, football probably isn't the, but they've not got enough bypassing traffic that they can then uh, market their products to, or you know. And then I guess that does sort of lead into football because if you've not got as many people passing by, you've not maybe got as many people stopping into your local corner shop. I thought you said football then. Yeah, Sorry. And that's how it leads into football. I was like, oh, I wonder where's going with this. <laughs> All right, yeah, whole U-turn. <laughs> All of the direction. But no, so this is where I, I don't quite agree with it because there's a number of um, areas around Manchester, again, falling back onto Manchester just because it's close to me, um, where they implemented these... Um, what is it? I can't exactly remember the word. But they were basically putting these massive plant pots in the middle of streets so that people couldn't use certain roads oh, as yeah. cut-throughs. Planters. 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 Yeah. That's it, yeah. And um, because of that, a number of streets then... It was good because it cut down the traffic flowing through certain streets. Oh, well done. Well done. Yep. You said that they planted plants in them, yeah? Yeah, the big massive planters, like the big massive but, square boxes. Yeah, yeah. So, but we're, what we're saying here is, you think the idea was a bit shrubbish? Yeah, it was rubbish because the idea no. was to back up. Oh, shrubbish. <laughs> oh, oh no. Oh. <laughs> right. Thanks. <laughs> Dude, that was tremendous. I'm not going to entertain that anymore. <laughs> oh. Am I the root of all your misery? Sometimes. <laughs> I was just kidding. But, okay, going going back on. The idea was that it was to reduce the traffic going to certain areas to make neighbourhoods safer and so on. But then it had mm-hmm. a detrimental effect on some of the businesses in those areas where they didn't have as many vehicles passing through. And so maybe, you know, Ali from the norm corner shop, being stereotypical here, <laughs> yeah. wasn't getting as many customers. And so it, it affected his business. And I think this whole clean air zone will have that sort of impact where you start all of a sudden uh, penalizing people from driving high polluting vehicles or vehicles in general through certain areas. And now all of a sudden businesses or smaller businesses in particular will start losing customers. Um, So I I think it will depend on the business though. I think if you're you're doing a lot of internet sales, then then no. But then at the same time, what's the point in being in the middle of of a city or town if, you're an internet sales business, you might as well be outside of town. Exactly, yeah. So I think those sorts of things I don't quite agree with, with these sorts of clean air zones maybe having a detrimental effect on some of these businesses. So, uh, yeah, are they good, are they not? And uh, But then again, it's it's something that local councils are being asked to implement because it's something that came out of central government. I, I think I think they are good ideas, these. I think... I think... And uh, there's a point you made about, is it Andy Burnham? Andy? Yeah, because he's, what was it you were saying about? Yeah, so I think one of the oh, the stories that's come out of Manchester and why there's been a few interesting developments is um, Andy Burnham has actually, he's taken a slightly different stance on this whole issue. So where so he's the mayor. He's the mayor, sorry. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's the mayor for Man- Greater Manchester. And he's taken a slightly different approach to the call from central government to implement these clean air zones where vehicles are then charged to go into certain areas. Uh, right now, this requirement only is on, for example, your commercial vehicles. But, for example, if I was a builder and I wanted to take my van into certain areas of Manchester, I'd have to pay a charge of £8 a day 
if my car didn't or my van didn't meet um, emission standards. Uh, and what Andean said suggested was that he believes that regions can actually hit the air quality requirements in a different way which is so instead of the cameras that have been implemented or set up in the region instead of those being used to charge and maybe penalize people or businesses uh, for driving high polluting vehicles instead these cameras could be used to identify businesses or people with high polluting vehicles and help uh, point them in the direction of funding that can be used to help move them on to uh, more environmentally fair, uh, friendly vehicles. Um, and I thought it was quite a good approach in the sense that he's moving from a charging sort of scheme to a non-charging scheme where you're not penalising people or businesses for going about their daily business. Instead, no. you're there to assist them. Now, I reckon free cake would probably help motivate a combination <laughs> of free cake and some kind of incentive or... or... But yeah, yeah, joking aside, I I do think that that sounds quite positive. I think that's someone flipping on their head because ultimately when these things happen, it feels like us as the normal working class people of Britain yeah. or the UK are the people that uh, get caught up. You have the people at the top end of it who don't really need to, money doesn't matter, you know, to them, it's, it's fine. People at the bottom where they don't, they don't care. Uh, yeah. for one reason or another then you've got these people in the middle who actually do end up having to follow the system and, and pay and yeah, if you're impacted by these charges or any changes like you say for people who have to maybe upgrade their vans yeah. it can be a it can be a big a big commitment you know, aside oh, from anything else you've got to find yeah. the time to go find the van so if there is a method to to, uh, to help people that, that sounds good because and although we're not going to cover them all in in depth here, you've touched yeah. on there, there. There are a lot of cities in the UK that have either just implemented or planning to implement, or even ha- have like Manchester delayed the implementation of what they're they're trying to do for clean yeah. air zones. Like in certain places, it's just commercial vehicles. In some places, it's all vehicles. Yeah, uh, it it really is a case of it, it's by by local authority at a time, isn't it? Which yeah. Which, to be fair, I don't think it helps that if you were to go, if you were to go visit Bath or you were to go visit Bristol, it's not like you can go right. The government has said square mile from the centre is X, and two miles out is Y, and three miles out is Z. If, if that yeah. makes sense, yeah. Uh, but there isn't that, is there? It's, it's I think, going to lead to a bit of confusion. Some people will end up get, getting caught out and probably fined. Yeah, it's it's annoying because, um, yeah, I, I was quite concerned. Uh, so uh, last week I went to, to drove into Birmingham and with Birmingham's clean air zone, I had to check beforehand whether my car is, I guess, if it's green enough for me to drive in. But it's you then have to be on top of every city because not every city follows the same rules. Yeah, they should almost have, bar- not well, yeah, barriers, although it would look ugly that you go to, it scans your number plate and it just tells you you need to pay eight quid. Yeah. Or- you're fine. Come in. Yeah. So because it's a bit worrying because I think when I checked up on the, um, the rules online, I think they give you you can either pay the clean air zone charge either six days before or up to six days after. But let's say if I didn't even know there was a clean air zone and I just drove into a certain area, 
Yeah. No one's going to send me a letter to say, um, when are you going to pay us? Or this is the, you know, this is how much is due or whatever. Instead, they're going to send you a, um, a fine straight off. Uh, but that's why I think it was quite interesting where uh, in Manchester they've suggested instead of, you know, we've already got these cameras set up, let's use them in a different way. Let's not use it to penalise people, instead use it to point people in the right direction. And I yeah. think it's a good use of the assets that have already been set up. And uh, one of the other areas that they actually touched on was uh, once the, the, the clean air zone um, or the clean air zone quality require air quality requirement has been met uh andy burnham's uh, suggestion was that he would like to switch off the clean air zone um so once uh, that requirement's met all these cameras could then be handed over to the police for example to be used for um other things such as when we mentioned last week um to be used to um you know, pick up uninsured drivers or those sorts of various other bits. You could maybe start using these cameras for other purposes, and you know, you you keep using that asset. Yeah, no, I I agree. I think that that sounds smart. Definitely a space to watch. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. It would be interesting to see how many other cities or whether it becomes the national thing. I can't really see it happening, even though as much as I'd love to. But uh, as you just said. It would be nice if all cities had a standard approach rather than more having very different outlooks on this. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So does that does that wrap up? Clean I think that wraps up. Uh, yeah, it does. Yeah, that's uh, a wrap for clean air zones. That's a wrap. Let's <laughs> go for a wrap now. Maybe a southern chicken, southern chicken, southern fried chicken wrap. That would do. Actually, yeah, I had a fajita. I had my first ever chicken Big Mac today. They do a chicken Big Mac. Yeah, I know. It's first. It's only just come. What is it? Last month? I can't remember. But I tried my first one today. Uh, but they I called did... it a Chick Mac. No, they didn't. They called it well. It's a chicken Big Mac. <gasps> what but... about a Mac Mac, which is macaroni cheese but is a burger? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, pasta and bread. <gasps> hmm. A Mac Quack, which is a, a a macaroni burger with duck in. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> so, how was the your chicken Big Mac? Oh yeah, this is what I was going to say. I was robbed, robbed of a chicken patty. <laughs> they bought oh. one chicken patty in a double chicken Mac. Uh, Mac. <laughs> that's ironic. Yeah. So is it is it just is it naked chicken? No, it isn't. It's it's is... that breaded fake chicken that you find in chicken Big Macs. Uh, as or... in, is it? Have you ever had a chicken select? Uh yes, is it that kind of chicken or the chicken no, they no. use to make the nuggets? That that sort of chicken, yeah. Oh, I find that curious. <laughs> yeah, I haven't had a McDonald's in in ages. Oh, that's, not, sorry, that's not I've, true. I had a hey. I I I had to try this Big Mac because somebody told me it was great. Oh, but then was it Ronald McDonald by any small chance? <laughs> no, <laughs> but oh. yeah. But anyway, I've been robbed, so I oh. just wanted to cover that. Okay. Well, thank you for checking. Well, moving on to robbers. Yep. Oil giant BP. They might oh. not be why fuel prices are so high, but I'm prepared to blame them a little bit because I drove past a, a petrol station t- today. It wasn't even a services one or on a dual carriageway. It was just in the middle of a town. Diesel was 167.9 a litre. I said this last week as well, Jiz. 
this hurts. <laughs> it does hurt. But the reason I'm, the reason I mentioned BP is because there was a story a while back that they'd acquired a 30% stake in the UK's largest producer of hydrogenated hydrogenated vegetable oil, HVOs, which we covered uh, two weeks back, didn't we, on yeah. Audi, because they've, they've made um, their, some of their diesel V6 engines. H, they can run on HVO. Yeah. Um, there's also some some of the other cars I think they can run a HVO as well, but the story we covered was specifically about these sixes. Yeah. Uh, so the company they've taken over is called Green Biofuels, and it's produced more than 55 million liters of HVO products in the two years prior to March 2022. Now, one of their products is of particular interest to this podcast, at least, and that is the HVO GD Plus, which is a low emission biofuel biofuel sorry that can be used as a direct replacement. For diesel, oh, uh, and what what I find curious about this is that I don't see how the oil companies like BP can replace the revenues they must get from fuel with charging. I just don't see it because yeah. people want to charge. That's when you make your savings, isn't it? Yeah. When it's most convenient. So are, are companies like BP going to have a vested interest in making sure this kind of technology takes up? I should add, actually, that BP said its intention is not for the everyday cars. That this, that it, so it said that its acquisition of this part of the company isn't to, for normal passenger cars, like you and me. Yeah. It's more to help the decarbonisation of other transport sectors, such as freight, uh, maritime, stuff like that. So stuff which is, yep. well, I'm, I'm saying more commercial and industrial. More the heavy duty side of things. Um, yeah. Which is, yeah. Uh, I think it's th- that particular area of transport or whatever, they do definitely need a replacement for that diesel because I, I don't know if you've seen but there was a couple of weeks back I was looking at a video of uh, there was a few new JVCs that were came out where they're completely electric um, only issue was the batteries just wouldn't hold oh, JVCs char- TVs or old DVD players sorry JCBs why am I saying JVCs I didn't know they'd branched out <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they make camcorders that also feature. <laughs> sorry, that also works cars. You um, say, it's funny though. We laugh about that, but Volvo were thrown in drones. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Actually, we just don't know where the world's going. But no, sorry, it was JCB. Sorry, thanks for pointing that out. JCB uh, had these electric. Uh, I think it was a digger or some sort of electric heavy digging or some sort oh, yeah. of machinery. Um, and the review that somebody left on it was it was great for the 15 minutes it worked, but then they had to get a diesel generator to then charge it up because it to then be able to use it because it just the charge just wasn't going yeah. to last as long as you know if your conventional diesel. So actually by having that electric JCB, they were actually having to spend more in fuel because they were now having to power this diesel yeah, generator right. to then charge it back up so they could carry on working. Yeah. It just didn't make sense. So actually seeing these sorts of biofuels is definitely a future for that particular industry because I don't think electric would work in those scenarios. 
No. I mean, BP, it's coming from BP, these claims, so pinch of salt taken yep. with it. But it also reckons that using HVO fuels can reduce life cycle greenhouse gas emissions by 87% and have savings of, in particulate matter of 85%. Um, they this are is quite when large using numbers. The, the GD, they are quite large numbers, but I think we'd have to have some kind of in, well, we would have to have some kind of independent verification because a company which owns a stake in something and which could, in theory, plug a huge hole that is looming in its financial, uh, well, yeah. in its income, should it be trusted? But even even if it's a small percentage in- decrease, it. I I I think this is really a space to watch because it, if it's, previously people were pushed down the route of diesels, weren't they? And now yeah. the government's gone. Well, the, there's a U-turn on diesels. Yeah, everyone thinks they're the worst thing on earth. <laughs> yeah, people have been pushed towards electric cars and hybrid cars. Are we going to have a U-turn in a couple of years when they go? Well, actually, hang on. Batteries nightmare infrastructure a nightmare charge times getting better all the time but to enable that's a nightmare yeah um are, are we going to need a u-turn because someone goes oh i've developed this e-fuel or i've developed this fuel that runs off recycled flies yeah well uh, there was a number of year backs where they had that um year backs? algae uh, year bags yeah yeah it was year bags a couple uh, of year back uh, Years back, <laughs> oh James, now I'm going to say it wrong. A couple of years back, uh, when there was um, a type of algae that they were developing, yeah, I, know, were... I think they still still do for some of them for the diesel biodiesel. Ah, oh, right, okay, yeah. yeah so yeah. there's there's you know those sorts of things that maybe we need to look out for. But actually, I think we've gone so far down the route of electric, I can't actually see us taking a U-turn on it. But for the commercial sector, possibly with the likes of this, you know, biofuel. For okay. diesel replacements. Okay. Fair point. But yeah, I think that's... interesting story. I think that oh. brings us to the end. Something to look out for. You know, maybe diesel isn't completely gone, and it might make a return. Well, I'm hoping that actually it'll be petrol they save. Actually, no, that I agree with that. But at the same time, <laughs> there are some very nice three liter diesels on the market. There are, but I think the, I don't know, I would just much rather have a petrol. Oh, no, actually, yeah, they do sound much better. But you know what? The one thing I like about diesel, like, some of these diesel cars, they sound like absolutely huge. Tractors. Tractors. (laughs) (laughs) Beastly tractors. Yeah. They just want to mow everything down. Yeah, there's some I've heard that just sound absolutely insane. Yeah, and you do have crazy talk. To, to, I'm not. I'm not against diesels. My past two daily drivers have been diesels. Yeah, it's just if we're talking about in a world where we're saving either petrol or diesel. Yeah, it has to be petrol. Petrol's getting saved every time. Diesel's Can't call themselves petrol heads, otherwise. Diesel heads. <laughs> diesel heads doesn't quite work. No, we're petrol heads. But no, I, I agree with you. It has to be petrol. But black pumpers. That oh, that's weird, not, no, it? that's not, that's not, that just sounds, 
No. Yeah, let's okay. park that one. <laughs> let's park that one. But I think that brings us to the end of our story. So yeah, end of our story, on. end of podcast. There we go. <laughs> yeah, I know. Move on quickly. <laughs> well, uh, I guess we'll take a quick short break and then uh, we'll get started with the last part of the show with the mystery car of the week. Yeah. Can you hear me moving about there, Tesh? And only slightly, but not much. Okay, because I, I, I just—it's so I'm so. <laughs> I know. Sorry, I, I realize. Yeah, we'll we'll try and get this wrapped because yeah, I think I could hear when you were muting it a couple times. Yeah, I was just uh, doing, trying to do it so I could move without making. Yeah, hopefully another ten minutes. We're all done. Yeah, I think I need to get a better setup for doing it for the ones we do late at night in the bedroom because. Have what got... I've got is I've got oh. nowhere to put my legs. You know what you need to get? Um, have you seen those little... Um... Bigger house. No, 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 no. Uh, you know one of those little fold-out little tables that you can get that you can plant on your bed? Yeah, that could work. That, where, that... where do I put the mic? You can stand it on the, that little table. And then my laptop. Wait, let me let me show you what I mean. One of these sorts of things. Uh, if you just type in laptop table for bed. Laptop table for bed. Laptop table for bed. Apparently there's a new Batman film out this week. Ah. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, that's that's all right. That, that might work much better. I'm not sure I'll fit the microphone on that, though. Uh... Ah, yeah, no, I. Because I could at least then put my feet out, couldn't I? Yeah. I mean, there's nothing to. Uh... You might be able. I mean, if you wanted a slightly bigger one, you could go for something like uh, one of these. Look at one of these. I think they're a bit bigger. But... <laughs> oh, although I'm now below the mic. Oh, that feels good. Have you just WhatsApp me something? Yeah, dude. Oh, I think you need to look into one of these. Oh, look into my eyes. <laughs> Atashi's castle. Oh. <laughs> I look like I'm in the hospital. <laughs> but you'll be comfortable. Yeah, I'm going to throw it out there, Hitesh. That doesn't look like me. No, fair enough. Uh, no, right. but thank you. I tried. Do I right. need to sit back up? Um, do, yeah, if you I want to take two right. minutes and then... Do you want to start the mystery card of the week off and then uh, ask, do the clues or how do you want to do it? I'm, uh, I'm fine to read it if you want me to read it. Yep, go for it. Okay. Welcome back, Hatesh. Now we're going to do the Mystery Car of the Week. Perfect. For people that don't know, Mystery Car of the Week works like this. One of us picks a car, and it will be a specific make, model, and body style that we came across during the week while dreaming slash drooling over the classifieds. We'll then drip feed the other presenter five clues, 
plus the starter hint you had at the beginning of the show, to see how quickly they can guess the mystery car. We invite you to play along and let us know whether you guess correctly and or you beat the host either through Instagram or the poll associated with the pod if you're listening on Spotify. If the host guesses correctly before the end of the clues, we'll insert an oh-so-subtle horn over their guess so not to spoil the game for anyone yet to identify the mystery car. So the hint at the start of the podcast was it is among the most more popular Japanese sports saloons ever made. Uh, have you got any guesses, James? Among the most popular Japanese sports saloons ever made. So my mind's automatically going to, Toy- to Toyota. Okay. Or Lexus. Ooh, okay. And sports saloon. Are you looking for a, so are you, for example, take the IS, if I said to you, it Lexus IS, are you expecting like a Lexus IS 200 Mark 1? No, no, or... okay, I mean, if it was that, I'd be happy with you just saying Lexus IS. Okay, well, um, I'm going to guess. I would, I would like to see the Mark Actually, no. I would like to see Mark whatever as well, right? Uh, because okay. it, it it defines what this car is. Okay, so is it the, the, you're after the generation which is de- most defines this car. Yep. Yeah. Sports saloon, Japanese. Well, I'm gonna have to just guess then the the Mark One Lexus. Oh, Ooh. yeah, Mark One Lexus IS. It's not that, James. Okay. And I think you're a bit far from this particular car. So I get started with the first clue. Is it the Hakasuka? The Hakasuka? What the hell is that? The Mark One GTR. Is it that car? No, it isn't. I mean, I mean, if it was the car, I would have known, I guess. Well, who knows? <laughs> Your mystery car track record is questionable at best. Oh, I've actually nailed it this week, I have to say. This this week's is probably one of my best, I'd say. Okay. I, I, I'd, I'd love to see... I, it's a car that I actually saw on the road today. And I looked at it and I was in awe for a moment. Hang on. <laughs> Did I tell you? <laughs> no, I just realised... I, I don't know why, I just didn't... Then I realised, actually, hang on. It's a two-liter inline four-cylinder. Yeah. Oh, okay. Awesome. <laughs> right. So there's a whole bunch of a whole bunch of boat horns that have just gone in. They have. Oh, I'm I'm kind of gutted because I, I thought I had you. Yeah. <laughs> for a well, moment. we'll come back once you've given the clues. We'll we'll come back to uh, about the model name. But well, actually, no, I'll say it now because we won't need to horn over it. But. If you'd asked for a specific model name here, there is not a chance I would have been able to guess it because they're just the the model names are, are ridiculous. Have you see, ever seen? Yeah, yeah. Like, trying to search for one of these cars on Auto Trader is a nightmare. Yeah, it is. Yeah, so that's why I would I would have, but I wanted that mark whatever section yeah. uh, because it, it defines this particular, you know, I guess age or body shape. Uh, yeah, that particular yeah, yeah. car. Yeah. That's the only thing that would really define it. But yeah, so just sort of recapping. So uh, our hint was that it's among the most popular Japanese sports saloons ever made, 
And our clue, the first clue so far was the car features a two litre inline four cylinder engine. For any of our listeners that haven't got the car so far, um, the car has all wheel drive. I don't know if that would have, uh, what other cars you really could have thought of really at this point? Yeah, maybe a Subaru Impreza. Actually, oh, do they yeah. have a two litre engine or do they have a larger engine? Uh, 2.5. Do they? Yeah. Oh. So <laughs> maybe not. I mean, but yeah, for, if you were thinking all wheel drive, you didn't know what size engine there was. Maybe that would could have been a possible car you'd think of. Yeah. Uh, definitely wasn't what we were thinking of. No, uh, I had I briefly considered Mazda, but then I thought, well, none of them really defined the Japanese sports car, sports saloon no segment. The Mazda the, six MPS is cool as hell. Yeah, niche at best. Oh, how much do you reckon you can pick one of those up for right now? Uh, I think it was about six grand. I was actually looking at one. Um, not the too six long MPS. ago. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's interesting. I'm going to be... If you keep going for your clues, I'll let you one up. I'm mean, blown away if you've got this. Yeah, it was around six grand. Um, this was on Facebook Marketplace, however. I think if you looked on Autotrader, it might be a bit more than that. Uh, the only reason why that came up was just because I was looking at Master 3 MPSs and then I thought, actually, what would the saloon be? Uh, and that's kind of where I started looking into Master 6s. But anyway... There's one back... for sale! How much? Oh, it's a grand. That's um, not an MPS, surely. Well, as it would happen, these people have done the brilliant thing. If you know where someone takes a screenshot of their phone ah, and uploads that as a picture, legit. And it appears to be, I'm going to say, dishevelled. Right. The bumper looks like it might be hanging off. It <laughs> lives under a tarpaulin, which you would have thought they'd have run, removed. Um, not running. Gearbox, good. I wonder how they know that if it's not running. Electric's good. Had engine problem. Being sold as spares or repair. No time moving house and no room for it. Best offers right. to price will sail. <laughs> yeah, so definitely uh, not one to touch. <laughs> I love I love the grammar in some people's adverts. Yeah. And, okay, sorry. So from this, next clue. So I'll just quickly recap. But anyway, our listeners that are still waiting on this mystery car. Oh yeah, sorry. So listeners. yeah, I know we keep getting distracted, James. Here, mm-hmm. but so right. So clues we've had so far, we've had our hint. Clue number one, which is the car features a two-liter inline four-cylinder engine. Clue number two, the car has all-wheel drive. Clue number three, which uh, may may not have helped, is that the car was only produced between the years of 1992 up until 2016. And clue number four is that to date there have been 10 official versions of this car. Uh, but the one that I was most interested in was the 7th and 8th generation. And I guess the 7th and 8th generation, I guess, looks-wise, weren't too far apart. But Whoa, so if we'd made it to clue four, you'd have just told me the gen? Yeah, at this point, I would have. I don't can't. Yeah, I would have. Throw the dog about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> at this point, I would have really hoped that, yeah, yes, at this point, there was, I can't, I can't think of any other cars where you would be like, oh, there's a up to Mark 10 or whatever. Yeah. You, you, at this point, you would have had the car. Um, and I think there's not really much else you can really think of uh, that would really compete or that fits that description. And then the last 
clue, which would have given this car away, in my opinion, is that it was probably the strongest rival to the Subaru Impreza WRX um, STI. So at this point, for any of our listeners that have been eagerly waiting to hear what this car is, or if you've got it, please let us know in the comments or on our Spotify. Uh, just let us know how many clues it took you. But at this point, uh, for anyone that hasn't got the car, it was a Mitsubishi Evo 7 and 8 that we were looking at. Um, very impressive cars, but I came across one today and it just looked amazing. It was in yeah, silver. Cool. Yep, yeah, it's just, yeah. It's definitely a car I'd love to own one day, but they're just so rare now, and they're so expensive. They are so expensive. So to me, they they should be seven grand because they never look. Not sorry, that's a sweeping generalization. That they're, they're often. Oh, modified. I didn't make a generalization. Go I know. Well, <laughs> it, it, maybe the maybe the tides are turning, but that they, they they're not. Yeah, they're not. They don't have the best image, do they, for courteous road users? No. I'm fairly sure the service intervals in a lot of them are tiny. Uh, yeah. Like 6,000 miles kind of tiny. But they're cool, so petrolheads would buy them. Yeah, I, f- I feel like uh, the whole Fast and Furious sort of... Oh, yeah, that's d- d- Because uh, I think it was some of the earlier ones where they, they were quite heavily featured, and I think that just yeah, sort of really good. got petrolheads hooked onto these cars. And fingers crossed, my cars have got to go up in value because of that. <laughs> well, uh, on the subject of Fast and Furious movements, there was, uh, if we're ready to move on to the announcements, 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 announcements. That was half-hearted. I that was that was very half-hearted. Uh, so yeah, we don't actually have any formal announcements of things that are happening, but I'm very aware because you badger on about these a lot. That I think it's coming up to bike season. It is, uh, James, no, and I it, think, yeah, that 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 is the announcement, I guess, for this week for any motorbikers that listen to our podcast. Uh, the motorbiking season's here. It's starting. The days are getting longer. It's getting warmer, definitely. So, um, time to get our bikes out of the sheds, give them a quick clean, get them serviced, and ready for the first day of summer or spring. Um, I say summer is a long way away. <laughs> yeah, so I guess that's our announcement. I guess it's uh, when are you going to be out on your bike? So I've uh, officially so what is it? Springs officially the twenty first of March. So, but I I won't be getting it out on the twenty first of March uh, just because I want to try and get the bike serviced this month, um, and because of uh, I've sawn my vehicle. Um, if you try and take it off sawn earlier they charge you from the first day of the month so i'm going to wait till the first of april to take it out of the shed oh, okay. oh sorry or take it on the road nice cool. so um first of april um fingers crossed should be the first day of riding the bike uh, back on the road but for any other keen motorbikers on that listen to our podcast series uh, if you do have your bikes ready or you're maybe already out on them if you want to send us pictures or uh you know, let us know of what you're riding. Uh, maybe send us a message or uh, I don't know if people can comment on our podcast to say what they've got. Uh, we can put a poll up for general brands. Oh, yeah, that would be interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we can do that. See what kind of breakdown we've got. Yep. So, yeah, 
would love to see a few more people riding this summer and uh, I'm hoping to get potentially a new bike as well so I'll have two this summer to ride oh you show off sorry (laughs) but yeah no I'm quite excited for this motorbike season yeah me too I can't wait to see it perfect and I guess that brings us to the end of the podcast this week so if you've liked what you've heard uh, please click the notifications icon to get an alert for when our next podcast is released you can follow us on Instagram where we post sneak previews new snippets and our bloopers uh, our handle is the also witty automotive, spelt auto dash, uh, oh, sorry, auto M O A N TIV, which is the brand that brings you the facts and furious series. Or alternatively, you can search for hashtag AME cars. 